Hello, I'm Mary Spicer, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Behind Fashion. In this unprecedented time, the fashion industry, like so many industries, is in distress. Around the world, we have gathered together to demand racial and social justice. No industry is exempt, and the hard work must continue. I'd like to take a quick moment and discuss the fact that this is a very important time to vote. Make sure that you get out there, vote. If you're waiting in long lines, thank you so very, very much. If you can send in your vote, make sure that you take your time and do a very clean signature and that you fill in the entire bubble. It is so important to vote. Thank you to all who have already done it and to all that are going to. With a virus that discourages the interaction of people and the touching of clothing, what does the future hold for the fashion industry? and how are our roles changing? I look forward to collaborating and sharing our ideas and journeys as we move forward in this new world. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce all of you to Aviva Klein. Aviva Klein was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Aviva. <laughs> she attended Brooklyn College, first majoring in film and then switching to communications. While in college, Aviva interned for Sony and was soon hired as a college marketing representative. Upon graduation, she was hired to be a marketing assistant to a senior level executive in the urban music division C-suite and did a lot of marketing coordination. Next, she moved over to Universal Motown and it wasn't the experience that she really wanted. Frustrated with the music world, Aviva made, Aviva made some hard decisions and major changes. Today, Aviva is a Manhattan-based visual artist whose life has had a winding path to lead her to where she is today. From large-scale productions to intimate portraits, all of which are deeply influenced by her hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Her unique style is as impactful as it is beautiful. Aviva has been sought out personally by the likes of Prince, Beyonce, and Halle Berry. Words that she has incurred include 2019's Hybrid Collective Diversity Award and the Battle of the Burroughs Award. Aviva, can you tell me about the Battle of the Burroughs Award? What I have not heard of that. Yeah, so during Photoville in 2000, I think it was 18, um, they had a slideshow that premiered in the evening from where they had photographers from each borough showcase a series based on the community in that borough. And, I, and uh, my series, In the Shadows, was included um, in that slideshow representing Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, and Aviva, do you have that award that you can show us? I do, I brought it out just for you, Mary. <laughs> you know, I love, the, I love the visuals for those at home who can't see this lovely little golden cup. It's, <laughs> I love it. Well, I wasn't the only champion, we all got one. So everyone was a winner that night. But, oh, it truly yeah. is like soccer. So, <laughs> Eva has made a television appearance on the HBO series Final as photographer Annie Leibovitz. And by the way, my business partner, Jenny Baker Strasberg and I, that was one of our favorite shows and we can't believe that they did not extend it to a second season. They should have given me a reoccurring part, then maybe I could have saved the show. <laughs> 100%, that is correct. <laughs> and Aviva has had a documentary on Jay-Z's Life and Times, 
Aviva Klein, Where I'm From, presented by Vitamin Water 2014. That is a very long title. Can you tell me about that? Sure. So um, in 2014, I, I'm pretty sure it's defunct now, but Jay-Z had a uh, blog called uh, Life and Times, which had a web component and then also a YouTube channel. And I believe this series was something that they collaborated with, um, along with Vitamin Water, to produce uh, short documentaries on emerging talent in different fields. And um, I was one of the photographers featured. Well, I saw it and I love it. And I, I put a connection. If people go to my um, YouTube channel, there is like a playlist and there's a playlist that says Aviva Klein. And so I have connected that there. Anybody that would like to watch that little bit. And I think it's incredibly interesting and insightful. I really like how they did yeah. it. Yeah. And recently you've made a movie appearance and you didn't want me to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it anyway. In Sasha Baron Cohen's The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah. Um, and Aviva, this premiered last Friday. Right. So um, are, how many parts are you in? Like, are you just a quick scene or? Uh, yeah, I'm just in one scene um, in the conspiracy office somewhere in the middle. Conspiracy office. Got, is that near the front of the movie, in the middle? It's more like in the middle, I would say. Okay. Also, it, disclaimer, I'm not an actress and I'm not looking to be an actress. Um, I have a friend who's a casting agent. Um, shout out to Sable Boo. And she um, she's casted me for a couple of things. And um, I really take those opportunities to learn more about how film sets work and how directors work so that I basically learn because um, it's something that I'm definitely interested in pursuing. So yeah. um, that's, I'm kind of, that's my goal when I'm on those sets is to see how all of this works. And you know what, it's an opportunity. And in life, you are someone who like me, say yes to the opportunities. You don't know where it's going or why you're doing it, but say yes to the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> You've also been featured in top national and regional publications like Cultured, Newsweek, New York Magazine, and Vice. Yeah, um, you've so, also, hmm? so cultured, cultured, not yet, and New York Mag, not yet. Cultured is coming up, I think, before the end of the year, and so so is New York Magazine. Nice. And so, what what is cultured? What what's that um, photo shoot? So, um, I worked on a photo series with women's wear designer Laquan Smith, um, where I um, basically documented him. Um, and uh, made some portraits of him um, to accompany a story that they're writing about him. And anybody that doesn't know Laquan Smith, he is absolutely amazing. Yeah. He's selling out. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. That clothes flies off the shelves and he's absolutely amazing. And we're going to talk about him a little bit more as we move forward. Now you've been in exhibitions such as um, in 2012, Come Around My Way. It's a solo exhibition in New York. 2013, you were in Ricky Powell's all-star classic, Milk Gallery, New York. Um, 2016, you were in Battle of the Burrows, which we talked about in Brooklyn. Um, and In the Shadows was a solo exhibit series um, at Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. You right. photographed for designers at New York Fashion Week as well as Bridal Fashion Week. And that's Where how- we met. <laughs> I'm so happy we did. Oh, I know. We'll, we'll work more together as we keep moving along. I, I really thought you would not want to come back. Listen, guys, it, it's 
brutal out there. It is. It is. <laughs> but working with someone like you, Mary, makes it all worth it. Oh, thank you. And um, oh, well, that, that really like says a lot because you have clients such as Belvedere <laughs> Vodka, Beyonce Parkwood, Epic Records, Google, Halle Berry, H&M, New York Magazine, Nike, Pepsi, Pixel, Puma, Republic Records, Spotify, Prince and PG Records, Reebok, Vice Magazine, Wall Street Journal, among others. And you wanted me to make that list shorter, and I did not. So, <laughs> Ultima Viva Klein, and thank you thank for joining you. me for this episode of Behind Fashion. Thanks for having me, Mary. It's always so wonderful to talk to you. And we could talk for hours, like we could That's barely true. make it. Like, I couldn't just sit here and do an opening. We just had to chit chat. Um, and I did not send you a behind fashion mug because people need to vote and I am not going to junk up the mail with that. I will personally deliver a mug to you. In the meantime, I'm going to cheers you and all of your great successes. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> mm, so good. And, um, before we start, we do have to take a moment. There is, um, a pandemic occurring and you live in New York and your family lives in New York. So how is everybody doing? How has it been going? Um, everyone's been healthy so far. You know, um, numbers are going up. So that's a little scary because my parents are older. Um, but, um, you know, I had an uncle who passed away and that was really difficult. Um, From COVID? Yeah. And he's and like a family friend that like I've known since I was an infant. And so that's yeah. that was difficult and difficult for his family and you know, um, doing the best we can. Yeah. Oh, well, much love to you and your family. And I, yeah. I hope that everything stays quiet and uneventful yeah. um, as we go into this winter, which is going to be um, challenging. Yeah. Um, how would, let's get right into it. Okay. How would you describe your photography style? Um, so I don't know if I necessarily have like a style, but I definitely have an intention or a goal, um, uh, when I'm shooting, which is really showing the authentic side of somebody, not necessarily like the image that they portray in the media. If I'm shooting someone who's a celebrity or, um, you know, it's interesting. I actually read something really quick for a quote from, um, an illustrator who I'm a huge fan of. And he wrote this in his article. And I said, wow, like that is exactly what I, what my purpose is when I'm shooting. And he wrote, his name is Julian Alexander. Mm -hmm. He's, um, so his dad's a, a very well-known uh, graphic designer and he's an illustrator. I think he just graduated SVA and he won some award and he said, I'm interested in what people do when they're not trying to be seen. And that really resonated with me because I, I kind of feel like that's the style of my work. And that's what I really try to convey is the authenticity, the realness, the vulnerability of just humans in general. And that's what really speaks to me and relates to me. And that's when I'm able to see myself in my subjects. And those are the images that I really, um, that's my goal. And yeah. so, so uh, my curation of the photos on my website are just a bunch of those types of moments. And, and I, I find, yeah, there, it, there's a lot of intimacy. It, yes. It's like we're invited behind the veil, behind the the celebrity part. 
And um, you thought that you were going to be in the music business. You were, you know, growing up, you're like, yeah, this is it. This is where I am. And it was a very large part of your life. Um, do you find that you hear a, a song or a genre of music when you're working with someone? No, not necessarily. Uh, typically, I just play music that makes me feel good on set and inspired. And, um, and also, if I have the opportunity, it, you know, have my subject pick music too, so that they feel comfortable and they feel inspired and able to feel free and maybe even like escape the moment a little bit so that because a lot of people, when you photograph them, obviously the camera's on them. And so they feel a little, you know, what do I do with my hands? Or like, you know, what should I do? What should I do? And so I try to use music in a way to create a world where they, you know, kind of don't worry about those types of things and feel right. good. And music is definitely a way of creating that environment. So do you change the music? Like if you're doing a sports, um, commercial or you're doing more of an intimate portrait, does that change the music that you're selecting? Um, not necessarily. It's just about how I feel or how my subject feels. Hopefully we're on the same page and we, you know, I can play something that we're both into. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. It's so funny because I do, when I, when I talk to certain people or I look at them, I'll think of, um, maybe a, a feeling that comes through in music. And so I was wondering with that music background, if you were pairing them. Right, right. Um, you know, I think that would make sense if I really had an agenda of like what I was trying to get out of that person, but I kind of let the subject create it. I don't like to manipulate it and try to get anything specific. I right. just let them be themselves and hopefully I capture some of those moments that are intimate, that speak to me and my clients. So when you're working, what kind of gear are you using and why? Um, so right now and for a long time, I'm a big Nikon fan and um, the camera that I use is the D850 and I love it. Um, I'm also using a Sony uh, 7.2 of some sort um, which is a mirrorless camera, but, um, yeah, it, if I can, you know, depending on the budget with the client, I might get like an RZ 67, which is a, a medium format film camera. Um, but for the most part, I'm using the Nikon, um, D850. So what, if, if you're using that medium format camera, what more are you getting out of it than you would from the Nikon? Um, well, obviously, like film is different. Um, it looks completely different. It creates a mood that a digital camera, no matter what type of processing you do on the photos, it can never replicate that same soul that like mm. film offers. That's interesting. So when you're um, doing post-processing, what kinds of tools do you use, and please explain to me what post-processing is. <laughs> right, so um, depending, so if I'm home, I like to use Lightroom, Adobe Lightroom, which is an editing software and a processing software. If I'm on set, I'm using Capture One. Um, and typically, I mean, what that means is, you know, finding the photos that you like the best and then 
um, adding different things like contrast or, you know, brightening or um, clarity or different tools that are within the software to make the image more dynamic and give it um, just like a little extra something. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I just think it's so fascinating to see all the steps that you have to go through and what you're thinking about. And I'd like to take a moment here about all of your favorite things. Okay. So what was your favorite photo of a musician who is not a celebrity that you ever took and why? So uh, what comes to mind is maybe a photo that I took of someone before they were famous because it's really exciting to just see how far he's come. And I'm, I'm speaking about Action Bronson, who oh. I've known, um, I met him probably over 10 years ago. And um, I used to spend a lot of time with him. He was um, part of the group of people that I hung out with at the time. And, you know, to us, he was this, this guy with like the most amazing personality and so funny and so clever. And it's just so, it's amazing for me to see that like the world gets to enjoy that. Um, not just us. And so I have a photo of him that I took um, at a, like a radio show it was kind of like an early podcast that um, he was, he was there in the studio that day. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what comes to mind. And that, that also does reflect the intimacy that I know you enjoy. Cause that yeah. would be that moment before the shine. Kind of. Yeah, and also that photo is also very close up, and I I like to with my camera get in people's faces. I don't some some photographers really don't like that, and they it makes them uncomfortable. But for me, I just I love staring and studying the people that I'm photographing and seeing you know how the light falls on them and finding you know a good moment where all those magical components come together and uh, make make a great photograph well let's get to the big stuff what are your top two celebrity musician photos and why um i guess um i would have to include uh, a cover photo that i did for beyonce's album beyonce uh -huh. so she um it was her self-titled album was also the first the first visual album that she did and one of the images that I made was used as the cover for the song Jealous. Mm -hmm. um, so I would have to say that one. I found a picture. Is this the, the cover or which one is this? Yeah. So it's actually a version of that photo. Um, but yeah, that's, it's from that scene. Oh, okay. And that's a scene from the video. Do you have another picture? Do you have the... So this is one of the versions. Do you have another version of it? Um, it's the actual photo of the of the actual cover, which unfortunately I couldn't find. But if you just Google Beyonce jealous, you, you guys can find it online. And did you take other photos of her? Yeah, so um, I worked with her and her team for I, I, uh, numerous times during the creation of that album, which um, I actually brought with me some items where that have the photographs. So during that tour, which was the Mrs. Carter World Tour, I mean the Mrs. Carter Show, sorry, um, they made this gorgeous um, uh, 
tour book, which has a bunch of photographs of hers. And so um, some of my images from the tour that I took are- Wow, so that wait, that one that you're showing right now, she has like, um, it's like a pompadour, like she, it's almost like uh, an yeah. old style with a white dress. Yeah, um, I, I don't remember the reference. Maybe it was like Marie Antoinette or something like that. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, I didn't do the creative direction of it. Um, I just took the photographs. Just, okay. And so here's another beautiful outfit. I yeah. love that. And there's I mean, this is beautiful. White um, with the red lip. Yeah, um, designer by the name of Chromat made um, this, in, this piece, the skirt. I forget. Yes. I forget who made the top, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Chromat's amazing. Um, yep. And then I took this one here of her, I think, the, oh, and then also um, the, this image that was um, overlaid. But yeah, wow. so we did that. And then I, I have also one last one that was included in the, um, the calendar, but this came out after. So I think that was in like 2013 uh -huh. and the calendar came out in 2015. And so uh -huh. I was Miss October. Oh yeah, my birthday month. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it was an, an awesome project to work on. Um, I learned a lot during that experience for sure. What What's it like? Can you give like a little bit of insight into working to that level with Beyonce? Um. What can I say? I mean, she working with her really just showed me like what professionalism looks like mm -hmm. and what talent on an unbelievable scale looks like. Um, and yeah. That's amazing. I, 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 that's just, it's almost speechless and it's very hard to find things to say. Um, uh, so your other celebrity musician photo that you loved. Uh, love the photo I took of Cardi B. Um, I think at this point it was two years ago um, at, um, oh my God, what's that concert called? Hot 97. Um, oh, Summer Jam. Yeah. So during Summer Jam. With all the different colors of Cardi? Yes. I wasn't referring to that one. It's a different one, but yes, I do love that one too. Um, it was a photo that I took of her in this moment that I don't know how I captured it, but I did. And um, it- oh, I have another one here. Yes, that's the one. Listen, anybody listening in. So the first photo was just of her standing, but this one is of her moving and her hair is flying out. There is color, there is motion. Yeah. Um, and you know, this kind of gets into where we've spoken, you and I, Aviva, before the difference um between um like an okay photo and an amazing photo you know what makes something stand out from the average photo right so i mean what i love about this one and what makes it one of my favorites is obviously like the decisive moment in which i took that photo and basically what that means is like the second that you click that shutter was the perfect time to, because if I took it any earlier or later, it never would have looked like that. Her hair wouldn't have been perfectly like covering one side of her face and it just wouldn't have flared out that way. And her face wouldn't have had that emotion. Um, and so 
the colors of it, the composition of it. What I mean by composition is how much like negative space is around her, which is the black space. Yep. So, you know, the lighting, the colors, the composition and the emotion, all those things are really like there in that photo. And so that's what makes it one of my favorites for sure. Oh, uh, I, I mean, it's really a gorgeous photo. And if I can find something that I can put on the site um, to, to show that to anybody that was listening on the podcast, I think that will be amazing. Um, especially if we find out the, the, maybe even the video, I can just show, um, where she is. Yeah, and all that stuff is on my website too. So. And then, um, and which photo in your arsenal best describes the political climate right now, which is hot, hot. Um, you know, uh, I feel like maybe it's not just one photo, but really my body of work. Um, I've, it's always been important to me to just showcase my friends, um, who a lot are black and brown and, um, amplify their voices and show their beauty and tell their story. And I feel like, um, that's been an important part of my work is is amplifying black and brown voices and my portfolio is you know full of amazing people who are close to me and also people who have given me opportunities to work with them that are black and brown and it's really been um something that's been important to me and has been my way of always saying black lives matter and brown lives matter to the people who come to my website to view my work. Like these people do matter. And, and it's been kind of like a, a quiet activism of mine in some way. Yeah. Does that, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. And you know, uh, also I know that you get a really good read um, on people. You know, it's that intimate look at people and not just a, a false image. Right. Like I'm not trying to, I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to like uh, create a narrative. Mm -hmm. Right. In taking my photos, I'm allowing my subjects to tell their own story. And I hope that that, that is evident in um, the images that I make um, because I'm, you know, as my job, I'm an observer. I'm not, I'm a storyteller, but I'm not a narrative storyteller. I don't create a story and then make images to tell whatever views I have, or um, it's really the people telling their own story. And I'm kind of just the vessel that like shows the world, hopefully a beautiful way that they see themselves. And I think you can really get that um, from your website. Your your works really run the gamut. It's not one type of photograph or person that you're going to see your style. It really is the style of the people that you're photographing. Yeah, I mean, almost everything on my website, I just let people do what they want to do, wear what they want to wear. Sometimes I, I might have like, a color palette in mind that I might share, but it's important for me when it's a personal project, because sometimes if you know you're shooting for a client, you don't necessarily have say in certain things. Right. But when when I'm doing something, you know, I never tell someone smile. I never tell someone to 
do anything unless it has to do with like lighting where I'll say like, oh, chin up, chin down. But I've never, I'm not the type of photographer that is, you know, yelling at someone like, show me this or that. Like it's, it's also not my personality. I just want them to be themselves and I want to show the world the beauty that I see inside of that person. Well, and, and it shows in the photos and they are just absolutely amazing. We talked at the beginning real quick that you're working with Laquan Smith and have, um, and it's a pandemic. So what are the challenges in photographing right now during the pandemic? Um, so obviously everyone has to show social distance. Um, People have gotten back in the studio. I don't know what that's like because I haven't been back in the studio. But even for me, you know, um, you have to be socially distanced and then also wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, could be, you know, it's it's um, it's not ideal. It gets hot, you know. Um, like when I was photographing Laquan, uh, one day, uh, yeah, actually both of them were indoors. And so like, that was, you know, something that um, was a, a bit of a challenge, but it's, you know, you just walk away for a second, get yourself some breath and, you know, go back to it. Um, but then also using lenses that are a little longer so that you don't have to get so close to the subject. Um, and yeah, and just basically getting work at this time is, is difficult because I think a lot of uh, creative agencies um, aren't necessarily, I think they're nervous too, right. in cr- creating productions with a lot of people, right. um, because they're afraid of people getting sick. And so it's definitely been a challenging time for a lot of freelancers, probably in any industry. Absolutely. Especially one like photography or even videography where it re- typically requires, a lot of people on set. So, you know, like everything that I did for Laquan was just me by myself. Um, And everything else that I've done since the pandemic has just been me on my own. Well, and I think, you know, that's okay right now. You know, companies are going to need content and outside of, instead of not doing something, I, I think I would suggest that they do something um, with a single photographer, with a couple people, just reduce the amount of people, and that's okay. You still want to get that content out and keep the conversation going. Right. I think it just it becomes challenging for larger agencies and companies, you know, because they like to have the art director there and the creative director, and they like to have, you know, they're used to having like so many staff members at the photo shoot looking at you know, how the shoot is going, giving their two cents. And now the people who are lucky enough to be working in studio are having to, you know, do everything remotely. And that's a challenge in itself. But I'm sure, you know, some people have um, perfected it. But yeah, it's just changed the way the whole industry is running right now. Yep, yep. And I can't wait till we start turning a corner. Um, I'm ready for 2020 to be done. Um, (laughs) I know that you've worked for, um, a nonprofit glam for good. Yeah. And, um, can you tell me a little bit more about them and what that work entailed? 
Yeah, I love working with Glam for Good. Glam for Good is a nonprofit founded by um, Mary Alice Stevenson, who's a stylist um, and a spokesperson. And um, she's, uh, I don't know if she's hosted shows, but she's definitely been like a go-to person about style and fashion. So she founded Glam for Good, which is a nonprofit that um, empowers mostly women, I would say, but I think, yeah, women and children and sometimes men as well um, through beauty and fashion. And so basically what that looks like for them is going, like for example, a job I did with them, we went to Paradise, California during um, one of the fires, I think a year or two years ago, where the entire, the entire town was wiped out and burned down and so her and her team and uh, me and my team went down there. So what they did was created basically a store inside of a gymnasium with all brand new clothing donated um, from various brands and families would just come in and take whatever they wanted. It was all free. And so, you know, being able to wear new clothes or have clothes after you lost everything during the fire really helps with self-esteem and um, just making people feel a little more back to normal and kind of, you know, getting them back into normal life. And um, it was just so powerful to see all these people just overwhelmed and just so happy and emotional about having this opportunity to just get a few outfits. Um, They also gave away uh, free eye exams and glasses and they do a lot of amazing things. One other thing I worked with them. um, So I made a short film about their, what they did in paradise. And then we also did one um, for uh, a group of kids um, at Monte Fiore hospital uh, in the Bronx. And um, these kids, you know, it was just so sad. They, They were all, they're all so sick and a lot of them probably wouldn't have made it to prom. And so we created this prom for them. Well, Glam for Good did, and I documented it where, again, they had donated gowns, brand new um, for all these girls and suits for the boys. And they had hair and makeup come in. And it was just so beautiful. And it was just one day to create for these kids where they don't have to think about their illnesses. Um, And so, yeah, they're in a great, uh, an amazing organization. I love working with them. And um, yeah, so if you guys ever want to see any of those videos are on my website also. Wonderful. Well, I mean, that that's amazing. Um, everything that you've done, anybody that wants to see what you've been working on, all of these pretty much are on your website. I'll also have, like I said, a playlist on the YouTube channel. And thank you so much for joining me. I know you're busy and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thanks, Mary. So good to see you. And thanks for thinking of me. uh, And including (laughs) always in this. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) And thank you all for attending this week's Behind Fashion series with my special guest, Aviva Klein. You can follow Aviva on Instagram at Aviva, A-V-I-V-A, underscore Klein, K-L-E-I-N, or learn more about her at her website, avivaklein.com. Next week, I will go behind fashion with stylist Corey Roche. 
We're going to discuss what is behind the fashion of the men in politics. See you next Wednesday, October 28th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon on the East Coast, 9 a.m. on the West Coast, and 5 p.m. British Summertime. All the best to you and yours.